Thank you for purchasing this audio product. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We believe that your faith will increase and your life changed by applying the principles in this teaching. I want to speak to you from the perspective of uh, seeing that is the new year for the Jews, which started this week. And um, when, when uh, Pastor Tish spoke to me about uh, the whole meaning of everything, I just felt such a prompting in my spirit to start teaching on this and help you this morning to have a fresh revelation on where we are in the body of Christ. The Jews are celebrating the year 5,780 at the moment, and they, they theme the whole year, which mean, the meaning for them is the year of the mouth. Year of the mouth, confession. And so they will be eating apples and honey for the next couple of days, signifying that taste and see that the Lord is good. So I want to declare over you, the next 12 months will be great months where you will taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. How many of you believe that with me? So this, this message that I want to deliver to you today really comes from my heart that I want to share with you. And seeing that it's the year of the mouth, I believe God is going to check our words. And so I want to help you today get this in order. Um, I want to title this message, The Deadly Sins of the Mouth. The Deadly Sins of the Mouth. Now, I understand it won't be a running around message. You can come tonight to run around. This, this is a message where in my... Office as an apostle, I want to bring some order and um, bring discipline in your life that you can have a successful 12 months laying ahead for you. Let's start with Proverbs chapter 18, verse number 21. And everyone say, everyone say, yeah. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of what? The government? No, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit, whether it's death or life. Mark chapter 11, verse number 23 and 24. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things he says Will be done, he will have whatever he says. Now, I want you to see the scripture again. It doesn't say when you, when you have a mountain that you must pray against the mountain. Hello? It doesn't say fast about the mountain. I know a lot of Christians, when they have a problem, they fast. And it's great. Starve yourself. It's wonderful. It's, it's wonderful. It's great. The Bible, then God understands your heart. But you must understand there are principles like giving. There's no scripture that says fast for, 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 a, for your financial breakthrough. It must give for your financial And so when you have a problem, a, a mountain, you need to speak to that thing. All right? Fasting is for consecration. Me. Consecrating myself before God. Not to get something. It's for me and God. Holiness between me and God. Not to get stuff, to move mountain stuff. It's purely for me and God. And so we have to have the right understanding on this. So I want to speak to you about the deadly sins of the mouth. And let's start with Isaiah 59, verse number 1 to verse number 3. 
It says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he, look at this, will not hear. Not that he cannot hear. He will not hear. For your hands are the fault of blood and your fingers of iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue has muttered perversity. Now, I want to take you on the ten, ten deadly sins of the mouth. Are you ready? Let's go. Number one, lying. Lying. This is a deadly sin of the, of the mouth. Number one, uh, excuse me, Proverbs chapter 6. Verse number 16 to verse number 19 says, These six things the Lord hates. It's the only thing He hates. Look at these, the six things He hates. The seventh is an abomination to Him. Now, let's look at this. Number one, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speak lies. Number seven, the one that God says, I've got an abomination against it, is one that sows discord amongst brothers. The word abomination means to be detestable or idolatry, which means you exchange the throne of God and worship something else. So when you are a liar, when you're lying, it's like worshiping another God than the God of truth. Because our God is the God of truth, right? So the moment we are lying, we're serving another God, which is the father of lies, which we know is the devil. So when we speak something that is not truth, we are speaking against the nature of God, the character of God. And the remedy for breaking a bad habit or a stronghold is to become accountable and correctable. That's what you must do. If you have a problem in lying, you need to now become accountable to someone. You need to now be also in the position where they can correct you. Hello? Now, I know it's not you in the building. Speaking to people everywhere around the world. But there are people that struggle with this. They constantly lie. I'll be there at 7. They know they're not going to come. How about this? Let's speak about this. We greet each other. Hey, we should build a relationship. Here's my number. And you never, you know you're not going to do it. You lie. Huh? You lie about your height, your weight, your income, where you work, where you go to church. Just lies upon lies. And it becomes a stronghold eventually. And God says, it's a deadly sin of the mouth, that thing. Because you serve another God then, which is the God of, 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 um, of the father of lies. What I had to do, because I loved exaggerating everything. I loved that. And, and my wife, Apostle, mom, had to help me with that. I had to become accountable to her. You need to be corrected on that. So five people get saved. I'll say 50 people got saved. There was 1,000 people. No, there was 10,000 people. And so therefore we place systems in place. We count the people in the church. We know how many people is here. We know how many people got saved. We know 
everything. If somebody has to ask me, I am not going to think about it, wonder what it is. I'm just going to look at the stats and say, this is how much. Because now I'm accountable. And if I do make a mistake, they can correct me because the systems are in place. Because I don't want to stand before God considered a liar. Amen? My word must be my word. My yes must be my yes. You're only as good as your word. You understand? If you, say, if you tell somebody, I'm going to be there, you be there. Yeah, but it's inconvenient now. I have to drive two hours to get back. You gave your word. You be there. I've done it. Many, I had to pay a lot of money to keep to my word. I said, I'll be there on Sunday. And it was inconvenient for me. I had to fly back from sometimes from overseas just to keep to my word. But I stick to my word because I'm only as good as my word. My credibility is only as good as that. Number two, sowing discord. The second thing, the second most de deadliest sin is sowing discord. Proverbs chapter 6, verse number 12 to verse number 15 from the New Living Translation says, What are worthless and wicked people like? So he's asking the question. What is a worthless person and a wicked person? What do they look like? And then he gives the answer. They are constant liars. Hmm? Constant. Think about that. Constant lying. Just lying, lying, lying. Singling their deceit with the wink of an eye, a nudge of the foot, or the wiggle of fingers. Their perverted hearts plot evil, and they constantly stir up trouble. They sow discord. And guess what? When you sow discord, you reap disharmony. That's your harvest. Your harvest of sowing discord will be disharmony. It will never be harmony. It will not be unity in your life. You will, there will always be disharmony if you sow discord. Can I, Nikki, you and Renee, just come here quickly. Let me show you discord quickly. Sorry, son. Discord is simply this. And this is why God said the seventh thing is I hate that thing. Is when we sow discord amongst brothers, sisters. We're all here together. Why is that? Because God is the God of unity. In unity, there's blessings. In unity, there God is. He dwells in unity. The moment I break unity between these two men, God says, I've got an issue with you now. I've got a problem with you now. Because you have, you have sown discord. This is a cord that cannot be broken. I come in and say, did you hear something about Quincy? Or Rene? Sorry, Rene. Did you hear something about Nikki? Huh? Okay. So now I'm, I'm going. I'm sowing discord. Eventually, this bond that was here between brothers is now broken. I broke it. Now he sits on that side of the church. This one sits on that side of the church. Now I don't want to come to the second service because Renier is coming to the second service. I'll come to the first service. Now, thank you guys. Give it up for them. <clears throat> now I have so discord and my harvest in good measure, pressed down, shaken together, will be disharmony. Number three, gossip. 
I know that doesn't happen in, in this areas. But let me speak about this. The definition of a gossiper is simply this. Spreading, spreading intimate and private rumors or facts. Now, a gossip story works like this. Or a gossiper in the church worldwide is disguised as the following. This is how Christians gossip. That you hear the story about Quincy. But listen, he spoke to me in private. So, this is what I, I'm speaking to you because I want you to pray with me. So, we disguise gossip in pray for me. And we just know you're not going to pray for that person. You just want to spread rumors. You just want to gossip. Because if that's not a gossip story, then call Quincy. Quincy, you spoke to me in private, but I would like to speak to uh, Sia about this also. And, and if, if he agrees, then it's not a gossip story. But if you go behind somebody's back and you say, that guy said to me in private, you know, it's very, very sensitive. I can't share this to anybody, but I want to share with you so that you can pray with me. Make sure you pray. And make sure you can trust that person. And ask yourself the motive why you've said that. There are some stuff that I will go to my grave with. Because people have asked me not to speak about it. I see my counseling sessions with people as a doctor signing confidential clause with his patients or an attorney with his client. I'm your pastor. If you come to me in, in private and in counsel and I close the door, that means that's it. Not going out of this office, what we are discussing. Because that is, it's got nothing to do with everyone else. Nothing to do with it. But you see this one at the work, he's doing this and this. Why are you telling me that? I'm not your boss. I can't help you at your work. What are you sowing here? What are you trying to establish through this? We must pray for them. Well, pray for them. Amen? It's getting quiet now all of a sudden. Proverbs chapter 20. Let's get the word in here. Yeah? Verse number 19. A gossip goes around telling secrets. So don't hang around with chatterers. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 20. For I'm afraid that when I come to you, this is the apostle Paul speaking. I am not going to like what I find, and you won't like my response. Here's the apostle coming to the church of Corinth, and he says, I'm very, very afraid to come to you because I'm scared I'm going to find out the following. Now let's look what he's going to find out. I'm afraid that I will find quarreling. Mm. Quarreling. Jealousy. Whew. Anger. Selfishness. Slander. Gossip. Arrogance. And disorderly behavior. So he says, as an apostle, I'm coming to my church, but I'm, I'm actually a bit afraid to get there because I'm afraid that I'm going to find all these things. Then he says, now, by the way, you're not going to like how I'm going to deal with these things. And then he brought in order. Amen. Let's go to number four. Slander. Slander, the definition of a slander is a false and malicious statement or a report about someone. 
Someone says something, and then we say, did you hear? Did you hear about that? You don't have the facts. You don't have the reports. You just heard. Now you go around and you say, did you hear? Did you hear about Quincy? Sorry, Quincy. Did you hear about Quincy? I heard he did this and this and this and this. I heard he said that and that and that. No facts. No reports. Haven't spoken to him. You just heard. And now you become a person that slanders his character. It's a false accusation. Let's read what the Bible says about this. In Psalms 140 verse 11. Let not a slanderer be established in the earth. Let evil hunt that violent man and overthrow him. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 18. Whoever hides hatred has lying lips. And whoever spreads slander is a fool. 1 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 11. I give you a lot of scriptures this morning teaching you. But now I'm writing to you that, you that you must not associate with anyone who claims to be a brother or a sister, but is sexually immoral, greedy, adulterer, slander, a drunkard, or a swindler. Do not even eat with such people. Hello. Breathe. <laughs> so this is what I want to say to NBCFC today. As your apostle. Let's stop. Slandering. Or speaking bad. About other churches. Other pastors. Other members. Let's become a church. That we can represent the kingdom of the living God. With pureness and holiness. I understand we all fall. And we get up again. And we carry on. I understand that. But listen. If we sow if we sow bad seeds, we're going to reap a harvest of bad seeds. Did you hear the story about that church there? Did you hear the story about that pastor? Guess what? We're sowing seeds and we're going to reap gossipers and slanders and bad people. We don't want that. We want to have a harvest of good people and people that want to serve God and love God like you do. Amen. So I'm a good person. So I still love Pastor Nikki. Number five. Tailbearing. The definition of a tailbearer is simply this revealing secrets or breaking confidence. Exactly what I told you just a couple of minutes ago that as a as a pastor, my duty is for in a counseling session is to keep the secret secret. The biggest thing you can give me is your heart. And if you, if I if I place mistrust in you, you'll never trust me again. So I have to, when you trust me, that's our commodity we have with each other. Proverbs chapter 11, verse number 13, it says here, a talebearer reveals secrets. Soon you walk around, it's like everybody knows your story. And it's like, where did this come from? But he who is a faithful spirit, look at this, conceals a matter. He restores people. 
The church should be the safest place to reveal your secret. James chapter 5 verse number 16 says, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. In other words, it should be a place where I can go and say, I, I, I was offended with you. You hurt me. But can we resolve this so that I can be healed in my heart? That's why the church is full. The Bible says there in James, it says, when you, forgive, when you ask for forgiveness, God is faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins. If you confess your sins to one another, that you may be healed. Two portions that you must understand about the scripture. When I confess my sins, I'm forgiven. When I confess to my brother or sister, this is what happens. I'm healed. That's why we have a church full of forgiven people, but not healed people. Walking around with hurt, and I've shown you many scriptures here. When you are hurt, you have evil. You have unforgiveness, bitterness, all that stuff. And so you need to go and confess your sin. Come to the pastors. Come to your cell leaders. Confess your sin. Say, I've been offended. I've been hurt. Pray for me that I can be healed. Not that you can go and gossip. That's why the church must be the safest place in the world. Amen? Amen. Don't get quiet on that year. Number six. Cursing. Cursing. Romans chapter 3, verse number 13 to verse number 14. Their throat is an open tomb. With their tongues they have practiced the sea. The poison of asps is under their lips. Listen to this. This is crazy. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Stop cursing your life. Hmm? Bitterness is the root of cursing. We are to bless, not to curse. Why do you want to curse your business? Why, why do you want to curse your marriage? Why do you want to curse your money? Why do you want to curse your church? What's up with that? Speak blessing. I've got the greatest business. I've got the greatest marriage. I've got the greatest church. And you start blessing. I've got the greatest kids. I've got the greatest team. Whatever you have, you start blessing instead of cursing. Cursing works like this. Ugh, you know, that boss of mine, I wish he can... Disappear. I wish he can, he can get another job. I wish he can. I don't want to work with this company more. This company is so da 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 da. You know what you're doing? Cursing. Cursing, 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 cursing. Why are you now all of a sudden so, so quiet here this morning? Hmm? Don't like that NBCFC. You know what? That's, well, why do you come here? I don't like Pastor Nikki. Find another church. You understand? But stop cursing me. Stop cur placing curses upon me because you don't like the church. You understand? Stop placing curses upon your children. They're so dumb. They will never achieve anything in life. Hmm? When they study. When they study. Can't you get it in your head? Stupid. Yes, right. Yes, stupid. You'll never make it. You've just pronounced a curse. And it's going to go. And then they fail the end of the year. And it's like, 
Why? Because I told you, you're stupid. I told you you're not going to make it. Yeah, exactly. You spoke it over that child's life. You need to start confessing. Since my children were young, when they were born, we started confessing. They will be healthy. They will be wealthy. They will be intelligent. They will have photographic memories. They will be the head in the schools. They will be achievers in their lives. We confessed it over their lives. And so that's what you must do with your children. Change the course of their lives. Amen. Amen. Number seven, blasphemy. To use God's name in an unsacred or self-serving way. Exodus chapter 20 verse number seven. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. All right? Now here's the thing. A lot, of, a lot of us may be thinking that's only in the movies it happens where they use the name of Jesus. All right? And we say, hey, that's blaspheming. Let me just rectify you. And I'm not justifying. I'm just saying every time they say that, they're going to get saved. Those who call upon the name of the Lord <laughs> shall be saved. So Hollywood's going to get saved. You're all going to get saved. Hollywood, you're going to get saved the more you say that. So... They're not using Muhammad's name. Oh, Muhammad. Because the Muslims will stand up and do a protest. We leave it there. Anyway, that Jesus is the name on the earth. His name is the Word in heaven. So the Word, what I'm teaching you, that's who Jesus is. But so I want you to understand, this is what the definition of it is. Listen carefully, Christians. Is using God's name in an unsacred or self-serving way. Now look at me. Let me give you an example. This is what blasphemy means. Is when you say, God said, and He never said. So stop getting angry at Hollywood and check yourself. God spoke to me. I must move to another church. God spoke to me. My season is done. God spoke to me that I should do this and that. <laughs> really? That he spoke to you? If you say he spoke and he did it, you are a blasphemer. To repent and say, God, I am sorry I repent of that. It's not... Using the name Jesus in vain. And there are millions of Christians under this thing. God said to me, I must now go. My season is done. I always ask him, where's your scripture? No, I, God spoke to me. I leave people. The moment I don't argue with the person that says God spoke. Although I know God didn't speak. God doesn't work like that. God will speak to the shepherd of the sheep to release them. I'm talking about church. Any aspect of your life. Make sure that when you say God said, you've got three scriptures. And that you have peace. And there are confirmations about your word. Then you don't use God as an escape. I've been in this business two decades. I've only heard two stories why people leave. My season is up and God said. I've never heard any other story. And here's the bottom line. Of all of them, 
Here's the fact. All of them were bitter, offended, angry, upset about something, and then they used God to say God said. And so we need to repent before God. If you want God to use you, make clean up. I'm helping you this morning. Getting all eight. Let me just finish this message. Oh God, help me with the next one, Lord Jesus. But this doesn't happen in this area. Number eight is filthy language. I know in Boxburg we don't have any problems with these things. Because what comes out of your mouth comes out of your heart. Now, <clears throat> in the first service I did it, I'm have to do it again here. That I, I don't believe Indians swear. I've never heard an Indian <laughs> swear. Where's the Indian people? Are you going to help me out here? I haven't heard a black man swear. The black man used the Afrikaans words. If they swear. But my colored friends and my white people, can I help you a little bit here this morning? Filthy language. Let me say this. Watch out what comes out of that mouth. If it's in your mouth, it's in your heart somewhere. Amen? Even if you get mad, pray in tongues. <laughs> Do something else. Amen? If you eat your finger, go, Shikarapa, Satarapa. Amen? Where's my white people? Can you help me out, Boxburg? Amen. Filthy language. Let's stay away from that. Stay away from dirty jokes. Stay away from all that stuff. Number nine, contentious speech. Contentious speech, which means hurtful, hateful. How's your speech towards people? Are you hurting them? Hmm? Is it hateful? Is it hurtful? Is it malicious? Is it disagreeable? Argumentative? That is all summed up as a definition of a contentious speech. These people love to argue. They, never, they always want to win the argument. They never want to listen to the solution. Proverbs chapter 21 verse number 9. Better to dwell in a corner of a house stop than in a house shared with a contentious woman. This is for the men here this morning. If she's nagging, move to the other room, but you need to move back again. It says here, better to dwell in the corner. No, not even a room. Go and stay in the corner, man. Yes, yes, one for the woman. Proverbs chapter 26, verse 21. As charcoal is to a burning coals and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. So men, they like to argue and stir strife. Women like to nag. The Bible, that's what the Bible says. Number 10 and I'm done. Unbelief or negativity. You get people that are so negative. 
if they touch the car's battery, it goes flat. <laughs> That's how negative they are. They touch that battery and think, <laughs> negative. Twelve spies went out, ten came back, ten were negative. Two said, we're going to see the promised land. And they did that. They wait 40 years, but they, but they got it right. So we have to understand the power of our words. I came here this morning, really as your apostle, to help you to say, these are the deadly sins of your mouth. You need to get these 10 things in line. No more lying. No more slandering. No more gossip. No more tail-bearing. All right? No more cursings. Let's do the opposite. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to speak the truth. I'm not going to gossip. I'm really going to pray for, this, for these people. I'm not going to bear stories. I'm not going to sow discord. I'm not going to uh, curse. I'm going to bless. We can go through the whole 10 list now. But I, I wanted to share with you just this from my heart. This is the year of, of the mouth. Let's get our mouths right. Let's discipline ourselves to speak right. Pastor Theo, Pastor Theo probably made one of the most profound statements and stories that I will never forget in, in my life. When he spoke about um, his grandson that fell from the, ch uh, the changing station, the diaper station, and he fell on his head and they rushed him to the ICU and his skull was cracked and bleeding was getting into the brain. They received the report at celebration last year. And they phoned, Candace phoned Pastor Theo and said, listen, you must pray. Get the church to pray. Get everybody to pray. We must do this. And he got up and he started praying in the Holy Ghost. They didn't speak to anybody. He just started praying in the Holy Ghost. And then he says, God, give me a scripture. And God gave him a scripture, Numbers chapter 14, verse number 28. So then as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. Because listen, he says, God, I don't understand the scripture. It's got nothing to do with healing. With You're going to save my child. He's going to live. And God said to him this. He says, as long as I live, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do. And he said this to him. Whatever comes out of your mouth now is what I will do. So when a crisis comes, what's the first thing that comes out of your mouth? Hmm? Because whatever comes out is what God works on. So if you say, looking at the bank balances, oh, we're not going to make it the end of the month. That's exactly what God works on. Because life and death is not in God's hands. It's in the power of your tongue. So you need to get this thing right. My uncle, my uncle, always said, since I grew up, he said he had depression. He says, I will not live longer than 40. For years, he said it. Became an alcoholic. Turned 40. His birthday was on Christmas. 25th of December, that's his birthday. And so we celebrated birthday, uh, Christmas. We were in the church. My mom was in church. We left it. She only visited, Kate went to visit him two days later where he stayed, quite far from her. When she got there, he committed suicide on his 40th birthday. For two days, laid in his own blood with his dog, licking his blood up and stuff like that. 
I'm giving our graphic disease because you must understand, he could have lived. If he confessed his whole life, I'm going to make it. I'm going to, I'm going to be victorious. I'm going to overcome this thing. But he always confessed, I'm going to die when I'm 40. I will not live a day longer than I'm 40. What's your confession of you? Whatever situation happens, watch out what comes first out of your mouth. Because the thing that comes out first is what God moves on and works on. Amen. Did you receive this word this morning? Praise God. Let's give Jesus a good praise and then I want us to stand, please. Maybe the word has touched you in some way or another. And you feel there's something on these 10 points I've given that you need to deal with. I want to give you this a couple of minutes just to say, God, please forgive me of this. Forgive me of that. I repent of this. Would you do that? So let's close our eyes and just come before God. Heavenly Father, there are so many things from the word of the Lord. That has brought illumination, revelation to us. Now I pray that you will deal with us accordingly. I repent this morning, Father of anything of these 10 points that have maybe established in my life. May we walk worthy, Lord, of our words. May everything that proceeds out of our mouth be holy, uplifting, exhorting to one another. Bring edification to one another in the name of Jesus. We walk away from all these filthy sins of our mouth and we make a new commitment that only holy things and pure things and righteous things will come out of our mouths. In Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone say... For more information on products, please visit our website or send us an email. All the details are on the back of the product pack.